The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Welcome to another episode of The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel and I'm here with Mike and we're going to be breaking down a preview of the AEW Revolution 2022 pay-per-view this upcoming Sunday, March 6th. But first... Stock up, stock down. Just one. One major stock up here. Major (laughs) stock up to Ring of Honor. I have to believe that Ring of Honor's stock has just gone up. Mike, what are your thoughts following TK's huge announcement on Dynamite tonight? He's such a dweeb. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's your take. That's That's, your take. That's my biggest take is is Tony Khan's a bit of a dweeb. But in all all seriousness, um, this is huge. Uh, Joel, when when Ring of Honor announced their uh, hiatus back in what, December, November even, uh, we we talked about it on this show. And I was doubtful that we would see pretty much anything ring of honor ever again. Um, they've announced the super card of honor down in Dallas, WrestleMania weekend, some talks of some TV tapings. Um, but yeah, injecting some capital, injecting, a you know, an owner who's not Sinclair. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I think that's the biggest thing here. It's not owned by Sinclair anymore. Joel Holly freaking Luya. <laughs> like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like just, there's been reports over the years that they didn't really want to invest in it that much, that they were just, it's kind of just kind of let it go stale. So um, if Tony Khan is actually going to run this as a promotion, I think this is a, a home run, knock it out of the park, super fun uh, thing. If it's just for the tape library, which, you know, I'm a little skeptical, but if it's just the tape li- library, that it, that, that's interesting. They can make some documentaries. They can, you know, show some of the AW guys where they came from, stuff like that. So that's cool. But it, to me, it really comes down to if if they're going to run this as a promotion, and then how they're going to run it as a promotion. Joel, what were your initial thoughts when you saw this? I mean, I'm really excited about this for a variety of reasons. Uh, but the main thing is, I don't think tk is going to just use this for the tape library i think he has way too much respect for the history and the brand and uh you know what jonathan gresham has been up to with defending the ring of honor world title in pure rules matches in a variety of different promotions has been really cool to see and Mm -hmm. it's really innovating and demonstrating the style and the different kind of wrestling that comes out of pure rules. And I think that's something that TK could really get behind and it would be cool to see him, you know, at the very least at the bare minimum, let Jonathan Gresham continue to do what he's been doing with the ring of honor championship. And now just kind of doing that under the broader AEW umbrella. Um, It would be nice to see it operated as its own promotion with like some talent sharing and you know keep things fresh by moving people between brands and creating new matchups and having more of a division between um you know two different worlds of pro wrestling with their own storylines that you know acknowledge one another but aren't constantly referencing what's happening on the other show Um, i think that'd be really cool yeah yeah I don't really want it to become like a, a raw SmackDown type thing. Cause in reality, Joel, those aren't different shows. They, yeah. They have different talent, but they're presented in the same way. The production crew handles things the same way. It's, it's kind of just two of the same thing. It'd be really nice if they could keep them separate. Um, and also like how the hell would, is Tony Khan going to book a whole nother promotion? <laughs> like, I hope that, <clears throat> He can bring in, you know, if it's Jonathan Gresham, if it's Samoa Joe, if it's some other Ring of Honor veterans who are older now, Christopher Daniels. I think Christopher Daniels, wasn't he head of the book at some point in Ring of Honor? Like, I I thought that was the case, but like, I feel I feel like if they bring in the right crew that they could kind of 
keep these two products separate with they're kind of unique, distinct personalities, you know. Tony Khan is one Booker Booker of the Year, what, two years in a row? Because he knows what he wants out of AEW. Do we just want to carbon copy that over to Ring of Honor? No, Ring of Honor, Joel, you've been a fan for a long time. You got me into it. It was so unique compared to everything we saw in pro wrestling at the time. Um, it'd be nice if they can kind of keep or even develop something new. Hell, if it pure wrestling, if Jonathan Gresham, you know, basically wants to take what he's doing in Terminus, put a ring of honor, cool. I'm sure they can figure it out. One thing I don't want it to be, I don't want it to be NXT. I don't want it to be because as much as we loved NXT and its heyday, there was always an expiration date. Oh, well, you know, you can't have um, Shinsuke Nakamura win the title more than once because we got to get him up to Raw. We got him up to SmackDown at some point. I don't want it just to be this feeder system. If it could eventually stars cross over back and forth, great. That'd be awesome. But I just don't want it to be, hey, this young guy's hot. Let's move them over to Dynamite, Rampage, etc. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Um and I think that would be a kind of a slap in the face to the legacy of Ring of Honor and the the different flavor that it has, because like we've been to Ring of Honor shows. I've mm-hmm. watched a lot of Ring of Honor. It has a different flavor to, uh, you know, something that's admittedly much more polished in AEW or WWE or even Impact. And that kind of rawness and, you know, rough around the edges feel of a Ring of Honor show is part of the charm. And I think that, you know, getting away from that, trying to make it into something that it's not like it's always been more about the wrestling than pretty much any other promotion out there. Like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense to change that. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, yeah, some of the, like my first indie experiences were all at ring of honor shows and just seeing the way they work, seeing the crowd too, like WWE crowds, you know, they could get stale. They could be more young you know, oriented. So it was definitely an experience. Um, I would just find someone who that you trust to book it and say, Hey, here's $5 million for salaries. Go make it work. You know, like, I mean, the other thing is it's, it's not when you buy a, a, an existing company, like you're buying a company that has structure. Like there were people in all of those jobs Mm -hmm. prior to them kind of shuttering in December And I think a lot of those people would be interested in continuing what they were doing. So it's not like you have to start from scratch, absolute zero. You could if you wanted to, Mm -hmm. but it's not like Ring of Honor sucked during the pandemic. Like they were running good shows with interesting storylines, great talent, a lot of talent that has since popped up in other places and continued to do really well. So, you know, there's a lot of opportunity to build off of the best parts of what Ring of Honor was doing for the past couple of years and, you know, take advantage of some of the talent that was already there. And I'm talking about people behind the scenes to continue to run that machine effectively and capture the spirit of what Ring of Honor has been for, you know, 20 years. It's been the jewel of independent wrestling in a lot of ways. You know, there aren't a whole lot of other companies that have been putting on shows for 20 years and have produced you know, at the, at the moment, you know, 40 plus AEW talent are former mm-hmm. Ring of Honor talent. You could look at WWE and see pretty much the same thing. You know, I mean, Seth Rollins, who's been one of the top guys yep. for Kevin Owens. years now. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Yep. I mean, the list goes on and on up until very recently. One Claudio Castigni. Castiglione. Um, <laughs> I'm glad um, you pronounced it. Castagnoli. Like Castagnoli. Sorry. Castiglione <laughs> no... is uh, something different. <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> sorry. I just I just tried to pronounce Cesaro's name in my head and it just went horribly. So thank you, you stick for with Claudio. It's fine. Claudio. I can say Claudio. Um, yeah. I, I I think another big thing, too, is that they get the rights back to All In. At least the the video part. I know. I think the trademarks actually belong to the Young Bucks, but the actual video they can now, you know, use and show. And it's kind of funny. 
Tony Khan basically took their template, said, okay, that works. And ends up owning Ring of Honor at the end of the day anyways. Um, I was just a very crazy two, three years it's been in professional wrestling. <laughs> um, Certainly. Yeah. I, I Yeah. So I, it's really exciting. I'm curious to see where it goes. Anyone who says this isn't a big deal, like the tape library alone is huge because AW, that's the whole reason dark exists is to get aw a backlog so when they go to the hbo maxes of the world they go to the netflixes they can say hey we have hours and hours of content and you just added like you said joel not many companies have been doing this for 20 straight years um it just it just increases the bargaining position um and if we get you know hbo max seems to be the rumor right now for aw's eventual streaming partner um just being able to go back and see all those Ring of Honor tapings, it's just going to be so much fun. Um, so, yeah, this is this is big. Yeah, I imagine there are some things in that library that have not aged well. Oh, yeah. Which is a, a conversation for another time. But uh, I'm going to guess that there are going to be some things that need to be scrubbed before it's put on any kind of a platform. Well, <laughs> but, I'm sure if you, you know. remember when, they, when WWE Network went to Peacock, Peacock had to go through and basically watch every fucking minute of content so they could either clean up or you know, remove it's, things. it's not going to be, you know, taking down 110 episodes of, of Joe Rogan, but you know, we're, we're, <laughs> there's definitely going to be some stuff in there that has not aged well. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what happens with it. I would be interested in, I mean, obviously like it'd be cool if just poof, the entire library becomes available. I would be almost more interested in seeing some curated collections yeah. of like, hey, check out this really rad feud between these two individuals and just be able to home in on that specific thing. And, you know, who better than TK with his encyclopedic knowledge of professional wrestling to be <laughs> able to come up with a checklist of, hey, you know, just for starters, let's grab these 10 feuds put them into a collection. Uh, we'll get uh, a, someone like Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian to sit down and do some, some VO to yeah. talk about these matches, these wrestlers and why this was significant and put together, you know, what would essentially be like a DVD package, but on some kind of streaming platform, I would watch the hell out of that. Oh yeah. Oh God. Anything Danielson, anything punk, like just have him do God Get Eddie Kingston just to do commentary on old matches. Like that would be <laughs> awesome. Like that'd be awesome. I, I, I think mean, the real motivation behind this acquisition, Joel, is the Briscoes just can't work anywhere else. They're they're only going to be <laughs> able to work in Ring of Honor. And Tony Khan's like, I need to keep oh, this around dear. so the Briscoes can work. <laughs> oh dear. Well, on that note. We've got a lot to talk uh, about, yes, so let's move on to AEW Revolution and our predictions. I don't have a drop, so I guess we just got to go. <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll drop this on you. Historically, I have dominated yes. Revolution. Absolutely Joel's pay-per-view. dominated. So we'll see if I can keep that streak alive. I have won every Revolution, including picking one Revolution card completely correct. So... It's for well, some reason you got this magic power for the month of February and March that just disappears when it comes to any other pay-per-view. Um, yeah, you know. some wins, but I pretty much dominate the other months. But yep, I'm the underdog going into this. I know this. Uh, but yeah, are we gonna do uh are we gonna do the buy-in or are we just gonna do the main card? All right, we're we're gonna go all the way through because way we right. can't ignore hook. Hook. The, <laughs> you know, he, he is the main character. He is the player character of AEW. We are, if we're creating ourselves in AEW, we are all creating Hook. <laughs> and that's who we're going to play as. Uh, because who would not want to be that cool? And uh, the the victim of the evening will be. Yeah, we don't have QT to pick Marshall. this match, Joel. We don't have to pick this match. <laughs> hey, you've been known to do crazy things before. Um, I, I'm going to say not that Hook is going to win this match. I don't think that's uh, out of hand. I mean, Hook is going to walk away with every men's title at the end of the <laughs> night. <laughs> Bold prediction. <laughs> Hook is just a surprise entrant in every championship match. Yeah. Just, okay. All right. 
Uh, so yeah, so we both have hook in this one. We can move on. I don't think there's yeah. a whole lot to talk about here. Um, other than I'm just so excited because it's going to be his pay-per-view debut, right? First match yep. on a pay-per-view. Yep. And I will actually be at revolution. So I'm excited to I actually haven't seen hook wrestle every time. Uh, the last two ramp- dynamites I've gone to, he hasn't been on the card. So, uh, or rampage too. So I'm excited for it. See what he's got. All right. First match that we actually have to talk about, think about, and make a real prediction. Legit Layla Hirsch settling her differences with Chris Statlander in what promises to be a, you know, violent match with some personal stakes on the line. These two do not like each other. I I still can't get over Chris Statlander basically saying, yeah, we know why you are put up for adoption. Like, that's not a baby face thing to say. Like, oh, that's, that's, that's some cold <laughs> shit right there. Um, I'm, I'm going with Layla Hirsch here. I think whenever you try to develop a new heel character, you can't really have them lose their first big, big match. Um, Chris Stat- Statland is established. She's been around since basically the beginning of AEW. Um, and I think it will go a win here. will go a long way of kind of, continuing this heel run that Layla Hirsch has started, even though I think the true villain is Chris Tatlander. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Fantastic. Well, we're going to break from our usual pattern and have a disagreement right up front. I am picking Chris Statlander in this. Oh, match. Okay. Um, Chris Statlander is the bigger star. This is the, the pre-show bigger stars win on the pre-show. Uh, so I'm just going to stick with that very basic logic and uh, go with Chris Statlander here. I think she should win this match. She has, been a little bit lackluster since coming back. You know, she's in great shape. She moves really well in the ring. She's an excellent wrestler. Hasn't really been highlighted here and hasn't gotten, you know, a whole lot of opportunity to show what she can do. And I think this is a good space for her to, uh, you know, get a big win on a big platform and kind of launch pad into something else. Yeah. That's a good argument. You're going to be wrong, but it's a good <laughs> argument. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on to a kind of odd match. We have the AHFO uh, represented by Andrade, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy taking on Darby Allen, Sting, and Sammy Guevara. I kind of hate that this match exists. I don't. This feels like we got to get Sting onto the card. How are we going to do it? Like the match I wanted to see on the pay-per-view is what's happening on Rampage, the triple threat for the TNT championship. Um, so, you know, I feel like this is an easy baby face win here. Um, I could very easily see Andrade walk away with the, the TNT championship come Friday. Um, I think that's entirely possible. And the good guys get their, uh, their revenge here. But um, yeah, this, this just seems weird. It is interesting that it's a tornado match. So we should expect this to be chaotic. I know we had that six-man match at full gear between, excuse me, um, the Super Click and, why am I blanking? Jurassic Express and Christian. That was awesome. Um, I don't think this will have the same level, but uh, it, it should be good. I'm taking the baby faces. Yeah, agreed. No reason for the baby faces to lose in a six-person match. Um, also, like, couple of hodgepodge teams here like Mm -hmm. especially i don't know why but andrade matt hardy and isaiah cassidy just seems like a really weird combination of people darby and sting are at least a tag team i know matt hardy and isaiah cassidy are kind of in the same stable andrade's kind of in that stable yeah but it seems more like an unstable to me um (laughs) And uh, I think we're all just waiting for that to end so that Jeff can show up and um, and yeah. Jeff and Matt can do Jeff and Matt things. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll take the uh, the baby faces here as well. If you flipped this match and the triple threat on Friday night and just flipped them, way better scenario. But I th- it really is just Sting. That has to be it. Has to be Sting. <laughs> well, I mean, I think there's also the element of this is a crowded card, and you know, this match can get less time than the actual championship match does. True. Uh, and I think that kind of helps things out. Also, depending on the outcome of that championship match, that could create some drama within the Darby Sting and Sammy team that could be interesting to see how that plays out. So somehow Sting ends up with the TNT championship. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> whoever who... not what i was <laughs> you know no not at all what i was referencing there but uh but yeah all right well, uh, let's move on that's way too much time for this stupid six man <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's talk about our first title match of the evening uh, we have Jade Cargill defending her TBS championship against Ty Conti. Uh, what are the odds of Hook winning his match? I feel like those have to be like minus 10,000. I feel like Jade Cargill is also at minus 10,000. She's not losing her first <laughs> pay-per-view title defense. She's not losing it to Ty Conti. Jade Cargill. Yeah. I think um, what's the, the the bigger question here, the more interesting thing to bet on might be like the over under here of, of how long this match goes. Um, you know, are we going to see more or less than eight minutes? I think I would set the over under at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would be happy if it's longer than that. I think we've seen Jade have longer and longer matches, which is a good sign. And mm-hmm. her match quality has been really good. Ty Conti is a very capable worker and somebody who I think could get a really good match out of Jade. And uh, this run, as I thought it would, has been really, really fun. I'm really enjoying Jade as champion. And uh, obviously that needs to continue. Is this the first AW pay-per-view with two women's singles matches? Maybe since the TV era. three, if you count the buy-in. Eh, well... Buy-ins are, I don't usually count pre-shows when I'm trying to make these grand declarations, but mm-hmm. I feel like we might have had it when they had the pay-per-views prior to TV. Um, but no, yeah, I, I we have two singles women's matches on the pay-per-view, and I feel like that's an accomplishment and something we should be happy with. Um, and I do hope it goes long because these two can work. You know, we've talked about mm-hmm. Ty Conti's improvements over the last year and a half. We've seen Jade Cargill's improvements over the last six, eight months. So um, yeah, this should be be fun but yeah let's move on all right we have the tag team triple threat match jurassic express versus red dragon versus the young bucks for the aew tag team championship (laughs) this one's hard (laughs) this one is really hard this might be the hardest one to pick uh and i i've been uh letting you pick first here a lot i'm gonna actually pick first here on this one and I'm going to say that Jurassic Express retains. I think that makes the most sense because the storyline here isn't really between Jurassic Express and anyone else. It's between Red Dragon and the Young Bucks. So Jurassic Express is kind of a prop here, and it only makes sense for the prop to retain the prop, which is the championship. So they win. Let's spin this off. Let's get the Young Bucks versus Red Dragon in a feud all of their own and Jurassic Express can move on and drop the belts to proud and powerful. <laughs> oh, oh, you booked it. Um, yeah. When, uh, they first announced the stipulation, Oh, we're going to have the two battle Royals. Um, I thought, Oh, this is a hundred percent. This is because they're not really building up a story for the tag champs. It's just going to give us the popcorn spot fest with the champs retain. And then red dragon won the first one with some questionable means with the young bucks. And then the Young Bucks won the second one. And now I'm like, man, yeah, the championship's a prop, but that prop could really elevate this elite, undisputed era kind of story that they've been doing um, if they really want to go that way. But I'm I'm picking the defending champs. You thought I was going to swerve <laughs> you there. Um, if, if I was picking someone, not them, I'd be picking Red Dragon because I think that they could really make... Um, really compelling story with those titles with the young bucks, but they don't need the titles to do that either. Um, and yeah, I have them losing it eventually to the reunited, um, top flight. So yeah. <laughs> I, I'd be down for that as well. I just, I really want to see Santana and Ortiz yep. win those belts. They deserve it. Yep. And, uh, you know, that, this... I, I'm going to continue to book that until it fucking happens. <laughs> it was like me with the, the the hangman Kenny. Like no one's taking that belt off of Kenny. It's hangman. That's it. Don't care how you get there. You're gonna get there. Um, I think this has potential to be to steal the show. Um, you know, six incredible workers here. Um, tag matches are always chaotic. They're always crazy. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for this one. 
Yeah, I feel like the tag team championship match always has the show stealing potential. Like every AEW pay-per-view to date uh, has had, you know, a tag team championship match that feels like it could elevate and become that that match that we're talking about come Mm -hmm. the next week on, you know, dynamite time and and moving forward. Uh, But this one in particular, we don't get a whole lot of triple threat championship matches in Mm -hmm. AEW. So um, pretty cool that we're getting this one and uh, just six excellent performers. And with the versatility that these guys all have, we're going to see some cool spots, some innovative spots in this match. Do you think this is like a tr- like a like a tornado match, or is it going to be like where they actually have all three like on their respective corners doing the tags, like you've seen with some of these? I'm curious if like even three performers are going to be legal at the same time because mm-hmm. it, it could be more like a three way dance style, yeah, tag team match where you have you know two people in the ring, but anyone can tag into anyone's partner. And, you know, that would be an interesting way to go with this. It'll be interesting to see because we don't have, you know, a lot of background with seeing triple threat tag team matches in AEW. So Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see how they set up and interpret the rules. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, let's move on. We're halfway through the card, I think. Damn, it's a good card. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. (laughs) Uh, So next up, let's talk about Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston kind of an up and down feud, a hot and cold feud uh, where, you know, some nights were super into it. Some nights like tonight did not get me jazzed about this match. That kind of lackluster backstage Jericho promo. Um, I'm getting really tired of tag teams, just nodding their heads at former faction members. Like we got the Santana Ortiz head nod, like the fucking young bucks head nod. Well, that was just so disappointing, too, because, like, we've been desperately wanting them to get the fuck away from Jericho so that they can do their own thing. And now they're like, we're cool. It's like, oh, so you're actually, like, still back together again. Oh, damn it. You know what would have been perfect for that that video segment tonight? If Jericho goes, like, since you've last left me, you haven't won shit. Like, they just lost the Battle Royal. Like the mm-hmm. whole thing was yeah. Jericho was holding him back. It was right there, Joel. Like it was, yeah. it was so easy. It would turn that hole to a thumbs up. And if they wanted this whole, are Santana and Ortiz's loyalties really with Eddie Kingston? That's a better way to do it because there's doubt in their minds. Not just like, yeah, we're cool. Like what the fuck is that? Ugh. Jericho. Um, I'm picking Kingston. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I feel like Jericho hasn't won a pay-per-view match in a while, but he's Jericho. He doesn't need to anymore. Um, and this would just go a long way for Eddie Kingston and um, push him to, you know, bigger things this year. So we can, you have anything to yeah, say? Sorry. I agree. <laughs> Jericho doesn't need a win here. And Eddie Kingston kind of does like he's been in a lot of high profile matches, but the point that Jericho has brought up, although it's a tired point, it is real, right? Like he hasn't gotten big wins and he's been in a lot of high profile matches that have not panned out, even though like they're often talked about as, you know, match of the night kind of contenders and, you know, his match with punk, although the actual like bell to bell was incredibly short, that was brutal and it was Mm -hmm. really fun and really cool and had a totally different flavor. And I think this will be an interesting match to see Chris Jericho work. And how is he going to play Kingston style? Because Kingston has a very specific style Mm -hmm. in the ring. So I I keep going back to our first experience of Eddie Kingston, which was pitching Kruger into a stack of chairs uh, (laughs) directly in front of us. uh, I always forget we were at that. Like, that's the first time I saw Eddie Kingston. Cause like, God. Yeah. I knew him from impact. Uh, but, but yeah, that was, you know, up close and personal, like, (laughs) yeah, signaling for him to get the hell out of the way (laughs) so that he could then throw a man into a bunch of chairs, which were not folding chairs. No, those were the solid, solid convention center made to last a thousand years and two dying sun type of chairs. So yeah. Yeah. All right, Joel, what, what do we got next? 
Mm. Uh, let's move on to what I think is the single most difficult match to pick. The face of the Revolution ladder match. We have Keith Lee. We have Wardlow. We have Hobbs. We have Starks. We have Orange Cassidy. We have Ethan Page. We have Christian Cage. And we have... <clears throat> oh, the, the Page and Cage, they're at war. They're fighting on oh, Friday right. night. For a right, spot, right, right. So. But um, for our purposes, is... for our purposes, could be either one of them. Joel, I can't pick against Christian Cage. You love Ethan Page. Can we... This isn't fair. Like, I could pick Christian Cage right now, and it might not even matter. Um, TBDs are always big in, in AEW ladder matches. Um, God, the one I always remember is when Brian Cage debuted and won the because one of one of the ladder match. I don't mm-hmm. remember what it was called yeah, back then. It was then. the Casino Battle Royal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's tough because all of these guys are in great spots. And then we have the 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 specter of the TBD. Um, I didn't know the TBD was there because when I checked earlier, like it looked like it was just Ethan Page or Christian Cage. But man, I want that TBD to be Jonathan Gresham so bad, especially <laughs> with the Ring of Honor stuff and like how Powerhouse Hobbs has been tweeting like, "Oh yeah, it's more meat, more meat, more meat." But how big everyone in this match is. Give me Jonathan Gresham and just put him against all these big, big hosses, um, and let's go. But. Uh, Fuck. I don't know, man. I don't know. You want to pick this one first for me? I'm going to go I'll with make Keith sure Lee. I pick... Fuck. Me too. Um, I feel <laughs> like I should pick someone different. Um, I like the Wardlow-MJF interaction tonight where MJF says, hey, if you if you win, I'll even let you keep the belt. Um, I like that. That that could be fun. Um, God damn. I want to say Keith Lee, but I feel like I got to do something. Can I take... I'll just take the TBD. Give me the right. no. You can't. You can't have Keith Lee, who he hyped as this big free agent signing, lose right away. God, I'm I'm going Keith Lee too. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Is the only thing we're different on Layla Hirsch and Chris Statlander so far? Um, yes. Yeah. Shit. Didn't didn't we have a pay per view pick them come down to the pre show? <laughs> yes. Yes, that has happened before. Fuck. Um. <laughs> The fun part is when we're both wrong and uh, like, l- l- let's say you did go with TBD and it's like, it's going to be Ricky Starks, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ugh, this, that's hard, man. I don't. <laughs> All right. Let's take things back to the world of singles wrestling and the much hyped Brian Danielson versus John Moxley match to determine the future of young wrestlers everywhere. Are they going to get to go to this school with just Brian Danielson, or is it going to be Danielson and Moxley together? And which of those outcomes do you think is actually better for the future of wrestling? Uh, I think a, an unlikely alliance between Moxley and Danielson is best for wrestling right now. <laughs> Cause it's, it's something we haven't seen a lot. We haven't really had the whole like reluctant team thing in AEW so far. I've always loved that type of storytelling, even if it's like they not necessarily they don't like each other, but like you're going to have two the leaders of this new faction, you know, a one, a one B like there's just amazing storytelling that they can just do through that. And Moxie, he didn't say he had to, that, that Danielson had to beat him. He just said, I have to bleed with you first. So like Mox could win this match. Mox could lose this match and still pop out on Wednesday. Say, yeah, I'm in. Let's do this. Um, so, ah, man, this is a God. This is, I think this is the hardest pay-per-view to pick. Uh, <laughs> maybe I say that every single time. Um, you know what? I'm going, I'm going with whoever you don't, because I think this match literally could be a coin flip because neither guy needs the win. No one's going to be hurt by the loss and our preferred outcome can, is still possible regardless of the outcome here. So to spice so it up, is- I would say whoever you don't. All right, this is Moxley's first big match since his return. I don't see him losing here. Moxley does not lose very much. I know Danielson only has one loss, which is to the current champion of the company. Uh, But, I mean, I just don't see Moxley losing in this return. You know, this is the high-profile feud that was teased from the very beginning of his comeback from going to rehab. And... I, I think this is 
a great opportunity for him to reestablish himself as one of the top guys in the company in a big high profile way. So uh, give me Moxley here and I will put you down for your boy, Brian Danielson. I, like I said, I'm good with either way. I'll make the case here for Danielson. Um, yeah, he only has one loss, but he has a bunch of these draws, <laughs> you know, um, he's kind of lost every feud he's been in so far. If you want to count that, you know, he draw, did the draw with Omega. Um, he won obviously the tournament, but then he drew and then lost to page. Um, I think Danielson getting a signature win like this would be important because then he has the ammunition to say, I beat you. I made you bleed. Let's do this. Um, you know, l- yes, Danielson's established. We've known about him for over you know, 15 years of, you know, wrestling fandom, but you know, he's the newbie here. Like he needs to get wins in AEW, and that needs to matter. Not multi-man tag matches against Adam Cole and, and <laughs> all the elite lackeys. So Hey, you know, I, I improv that, but I feel pretty good about that argument despite coming you, up with it on the spot. you worked yourself into a shoot. I worked myself <laughs> into a shoot, but I am totally fine with that. That's a good reason, Mike. Good job. Patting myself All right, let's, uh, let's flip ourselves over to the other high-profile singles match that is not for a title. CM Punk and MJF. We got a little bit of development here uh, as MJF. I knew it. I knew yeah, it. Yeah, we all did. <laughs> we all knew it, but some of us wanted to believe for a moment and enjoy the ride. <laughs> and I did enjoy the ride. So it's uh, yeah. wonderful. Also, apparently uh, the, you, what is it? You sad old man. Uh, and the, I am the snake. Apparently that was like a really famous CM Punk promo from back in ring of honor from like Oh five or something. Um, I looked it up and like read the transcript and stuff and it's very similar in tone and, uh, man, (laughs) uh, CM Punk must love MJF if he's like, yeah, man, use this old promo from when you were a child, like, like, (laughs) okay. He said he was 11 when CM Punk left a, no, he was like 12, 13. So in 2005, like he was like two years old. Like this is an ancient promo in the, for MJF. And of course CM Punk had to be like, Hey, yeah, use this. So I, I just really like that. They're bringing in this history. I love that promo. I love just how vicious uh, the beatdown was tonight. Um, I'm, I now know if both wrestlers are wearing white, expect blood. because because we've never seen cm punk like in just a white t i my favorite tweet from tonight was hey look cm punk's repping brian danielson's merch (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was gonna refer to it as gimmick infringement but yeah gimmick infringement um this has just been a wonderful story um the first match was great they really took it to the next level here um I think with the beatdown that CM Punk took tonight, bleeding like a freaking, you know, faucet, um, it seems like a really easy way to give CM Punk his win back here. Um, and then they can save the rubber match for down the line. You know, they don't have to run it back right away, but they can always say, hey, six months from now, we never settled this. So um, give me CM Punk getting his win back, getting his pay-per-view win. Um, yeah. What about you? Well, this may surprise you, but uh, I am going to go with uh, MJF here. And uh, I think, you know, ultimately there is nothing put in place to prevent the heel from cheating to win all over again. And given the sheer volume of resources at MJF's disposal, uh, I just I don't see Punk overcoming the odds here. I think he failed to learn his lesson from last time you know dog collar and all that doesn't prevent other people from getting involved and it also takes the rules out of play which you know mean that mjf's not going to get disqualified if he decides to resort to a low blow if he uses the diamond ring if he does any of the things that have allowed him to win these matches in the past so i think the stipulation really plays into mjf's hands and i'm gonna go full kayfabe here and just say that uh (laughs) MJF has to win this. I, I I mentioned when they had their match in Chicago a few weeks ago that, man, I would really like to see Wardlow play a part in that he did. And 
I think there's a chance Wardlow plays a part in it this time, too, uh, with the segment we saw tonight with MJF slapping him across the face. Um, yeah, it, it could be not f- a good plan. No, I, I feel like there could be some fun tie in with the the ladder match here. Say Wardlow wins um, and he comes out, helps CM Punk or after the match, like save CM Punk. MJF goes, hey, I own you. You work for me. He could then say, no, my face of the revolution matter match guaranteed me an AEW roster spot. Something like that, where he's no longer under the foot of MJF and we can get this this feud because Joel, I, I can see you like you, I know how badly you want this match or this story. Um, and that can be a way to kind of or if they say that for down the line, kind of like the Batista, you know, thumbs down thing thinks everything's good. I don't know. But I think Wardlow could be a, a big part of this finish and or post-match situation. It always felt yeah, that this I, was I, leading I could, to that. I, I could definitely see that. And I like the multi-layered MJF story that's going on right now through mm-hmm. these different elements. And uh, I, I really enjoyed the interactions between Wardlow and Sean Spears on this episode. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm looking for that to break down first. I, I think he loses it on Sean Spears before he loses it on MJF. <laughs> so uh, I think I, there's I, still some mileage left in this uh, sudden but inevitable mm-hmm. betrayal. Yeah. A-, a good point there too about, you know, MJF kind of being involved in different things. It's very sophisticated storytelling. They're just laying all these different pieces and that they can eventually reference or use when they need to. So it's yeah. Very, very awesome. All right, well, two matches, matches left right? to talk about. Two championships on the line. Let's start with Hangman Adam Page and Adam Cole. The AEW Heavyweight Championship, World Championship, whatever you want to call it. It's the big one. Pretty platinum. It's on the line. I mean, Hangman Adam Page is only losing this title to Peter Avalon. So I don't... <laughs> why are we even picking this match, Joel? <laughs> I look forward to winning many pay-per-views, if that's going to be your prediction. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. But in all seriousness, um, I'm really excited for this match. It's kind of felt like, you know, the build only really started two, three weeks ago. Um, now they have their history together, which they've done a good job of referencing. Um, they've had a lot of brawls. Um, this seems like a match that they could have it and then they could run it back. Maybe not at another pay-per-view, but they could do it again in a few few weeks, month or two if they wanted to. Um, I just don't see Hangman Page losing his first pay- pay-per-view championship match. Like, I think that's why you maybe pick this before the women's championship, because I feel this is a much easier match to decide uh, to pick. So, yeah. Well, Go you're on. absolutely correct. I, I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> we're at, uh, maybe this is a spoiler for our our next conversation here but i think that the women's championship is far more likely to change hands uh and that makes that a much more interesting conversation to have i think i've really enjoyed this uh who's the better adam storyline but we <laughs> all adam know who the match. better adam is we all know who the better adam is it's adam page so he's going <laughs> to win this match. And uh, I I liked the brutality and humiliation of the beatdown in the post-match tonight on Dynamite. I thought that was really good. Mm-hmm. I especially liked uh, Paige being kind of helplessly duct taped to the ropes while his friends were getting obliterated by Red Dragon and Adam Cole. And I think Paige gets his revenge and Adam Cole gets his comeuppance at the pay-per-view. So let's uh, send the crowd home happy with the triumphant hero of the people standing tall and retaining his championship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I saw someone like post a a thing on Reddit about this match and you know, like how you can like, they do like spoilers. So it doesn't like you have to click it to reveal it. It's like, I got information about this match. And the spoiler was, an Adam will win. And I was like, fuck you. You got me. You got me so good. <laughs> so I was like, oh, well, I'm going to go spoil this for myself because I have no self-control and I'm a child. Um, but I got got. Um, but yeah, Joel, let, let's move on to what I think should be the main event. Because yeah. while Adam Cole and Adam Page have history, they don't have AEW history. Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker have AEW history and have one of the best matches in AEW history in their lights out match. 
And there's no reason this match shouldn't meet or exceed what that match was. I, there's also the element that Britt has had her title longer than Adam Page has had his. So I think she gets mm-hmm. seniority here as well in that, uh, you know, she's the longest reigning champion in the company at the moment. So, you know, let's give her her due. Let's give her this main event. Let's see what she and Thunder Rosa can do. I think this is a really interesting match. These two have great chemistry and uh, we could really see some magic in this match. This is the match that I am most intrigued about on this show. And I want to see them run it back. I want to see what they've got and how they're going to do this and put together a really compelling story uh, without the artifice of hardcore wrestling. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we've seen what they can do in that space. Let's see them tell a different story. Let's see them do something that we haven't seen before in AEW. And uh, this has the potential to be one of those, you know, best matches of the year uh, within the women's division, within the company as a whole. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's interesting because we kind of look back at that um, that lights out match as kind of Britt Baker's like star defining moment. You know, she had her um, tooth and nail match with Big Swole. Uh, she had some you know matches here and there, good promos, but this kind of kicked it all off because I think after this, she then went and got the chant title from Sheeta um, after that match. If I'm doing my math here, right? So um, that kind of started it all. So it's a nice bookend uh, to her championship reign. If that doesn't give away my pick, um, (laughs) I am picking Thunder Rosa to win this match. Um, I think the women's division as a whole is a lot better now than it was when these two first met. I think there's a lot more that Britt Baker can do without the title um, around her waist. Um, that potential Jamie Hayter uh, story we've talked about, you know, the kind of dissension that's been there. Um, and I just think Thunder Rosa deserves this. I think she would be a great face of the division. She's an excellent worker. There's so many new fresh matches they can have with Thunder Rosa as champion. Um, and maybe it isn't necessarily need to be a long reign because, you know, baby faces sometimes don't have <laughs> the longest reigns. Um, but I feel like this is the time for it. I haven't really felt there was a time over the last 277 days where Baker should have lose the title, but this feels right. I I agree. I'm, I'm going Thunder Rosa here as well. I did just count to make sure um, that if I choose the same thing as you, it, there's no propensity for a tie. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, and that is true. That's All true. Right. We have picked differently on three matches. So after we, we <laughs> talk about this, we can we can go over which of these matches actually matter in terms of our, our picks. But yeah, Thunder Rosa should win this. It's time. Britt Baker has had an excellent run, but I think it's kind of running out of utility. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, let's move on to something new and uh, continue to progress this division. So this is the next step. It's the best next step possible. I think Mm -hmm. I don't think there's another person that you could put in this spot that's going to advance the women's division more than Thunder Rosa and certainly not anyone who's going to work harder at it. She is relentless behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and doing things within pro wrestling more broadly than AEW to advance women's wrestling. So I I think she's the perfect person to put in this spot. Yeah, I wish there was some big crossover celebrity thing that Britt Baker can involved with like like the Cody Shack match like I feel like Britt has that like kind of she can do things outside of wrestling if she wanted to and she's a huge star for the company so like they could do something with that to get her even more exposure I think that'd be a, this would be a good time to do it since she won't have the title um you know it's interesting how they handle former champions I like former women's champions in this company, they go away <laughs> like, like, you know, and I don't want that to happen with Britt Baker. She's too damn talented and too damn important to the product to just go away. So I like, if there's a debut, like man, Tony Khan owns ring of honor. Now, can he bring Deanna Peruzzo ring of honor champion over have her or work as Deanna Perazzo? Yes, I fucked it up. I know. Um, like, just bring some of these, like, maybe one-off things, like, 
say shit. I don't need the championship. I transcend championships. Let me fight every like something like that. So she stays relevant because mm-hmm. she she's just too big to go away. And like I don't not to be mean to like Riho or Sheeta or Nyla Rose, but like they kind of like fell off. They weren't used as much after they they lost the titles. I think she's gonna be fine. I am not oh, no, worried. I, I, I'm not worried about Britt Baker son's title. She's going to be fine. Yeah, you're right. Maybe she'll fade Jade. So uh, in case you weren't counting, it comes down to Chris Statlander and Layla Hirsch, John Moxley and Brian Danielson and CM Punk and MJF. Those are the three matches that will determine how I beat you this year. It's so funny that the f- fucking pre-show match <laughs> is is uh, def- going to define this for us. Um, Joel, did you have any last? I have I have one thing I wanted to mention from tonight's dynamite before we we kind of wrap it up. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about before that? I'm good, man. Go for it. Um. Oh man, <laughs> I just forgot Darius Martin. Darius Martin yeah, coming back. Welcome back. Welcome back. I just love that he got this huge spot and he was in the final three, final two of this match. Um, he looked come back looking great. Like he got that like post injury rehab bulk up. Um, and for them to kind of give him that spot, I thought was really cool. We didn't do our normal dynamite breakdown, but that's something I really wanted to highlight because top flight's awesome. And I'm glad he's back. Absolutely. I think this can kind of get Dante Martin out of, Great match limbo, which is where he's been residing. <laughs> wrong it's with like, great match limbo. <laughs> he's just he's been having great matches and going nowhere as a result. So hopefully he can get back to having great matches and that can actually put him in contention to uh you know win some stuff. For sure, for sure. Um yeah. Joel, well, I will be back from Florida on Monday, so we'll coordinate, but we will get you guys a review show early next week. Um, yeah, I'm not going to do the sign off because this is, you know, it's already been 50 minutes, but uh, enjoy the pay-per-view guys, Joel. Uh, sorry. Enjoy the pay-per-view guys. Joel, do you have anything else before we go? Join the Dark Order. Remember, everybody, life's a work. Duck the clothesline. And happy wrestling.